0: Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market each day.
1: I'm your host, Emily Flippin.
0: I'm Jason Moser. I'm Nick Seipel. I'm Dylan Lewis. And today, we're talking financials.
1: Today, we're talking consumer goods.
0: Wildcard! Wednesday. And we're talking energy. And today, we're talking tech. Let's dive in. It's Wednesday, June 10th. I'm your host, Jason Moser, and I'm joined today by Motley Fool analyst, Brian Feraldi. Brian, how's everything going? Jason, it is the
1: end, finally, the end of uh, school for my children this week. Normally, the end of school year is something to fear and not like. (laughs) Given that given that it has been homeschooling for three months, we couldn't be happier.
0: Uh, yeah. How about you? Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. That's interesting. Our timing, uh, same timing. We our, our girls are finishing up their last week of school now, and, and yeah, it's been it's been uh, school at home for the past three months or so, which has been interesting. I think you know Fairfax County Public Schools have done, I think, an admirable job in a difficult situation. Um, I, I do not envy having to be in that type of position where you just have to figure out how to flip this thing. Uh, on its head and completely do everything differently. Um, it wasn't perfect by any means. I'm sure they learned a lot from it and I'm, and I'm sure they will uh, continue to employ those lessons and make it better and better but but frankly, you know we were just thrilled that our kids were able to finish school and actually complete the work and and be able to move on to the next grade next year because it does sound like they want to get these schools open back up in the fall, which uh, I know that that parents are certainly looking forward to that probably as much as the kids.
1: Uh, yes, I can confirm that. As a parent <laughs> yeah. of three elementary school children, I assure you, I am so looking forward to them to going back to school already. Yeah. But the real way, yeah. none of this, none of this ho- <laughs> uh, homeschooling
0: nonsense. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, you know, we get a few months of summer here, and then hopefully we're right back into the swing of things. But today, folks, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit more today's Wednesday, so it's Wildcard Wednesday. And as our listeners know that Wildcard Wednesday can, can take the show in virtually any given direction. Today we're going to take it into the healthcare direction, as I'm sure some would uh, be happy to hear. Um, Brian, you have been looking into a recent IPO in the healthcare space. You've been researching a company called Inari Medical. And tell our listeners about what Iran Inari Medical does and, and what you've what you've found out about it so far.
1: Sure, and hats off to Joey Solitro for bringing this one to my attention. I always lean on Joey to be super excited about IPOs, and he's always so happy to share them uh, with me. So otherwise, this one would not uh, might have uh, gone uh, under my radar. But uh, yeah, so this is. Inari Medical, uh, the ticker symbol is N-A-R-I, just came public uh, in May uh, of this year. So, the IPO markets, Jason, are still open, believe it or not. (laughs) Uh, They raised about $180 million. And this is a medical device company uh, that is focused on minimally invasive treatments for venous thromboembolisms. I'm just going to uh-huh. call that vTE from now on, and what that essentially means is a blood clot in the vein in a vein. So blood, yeah. there's a blood clot in a vein, uh, that's a venous thromboembolism or a vTE. Um, and these are bad news. I mean, if you have a blood clot, anybody uh, you know um, cardiovascular disease is one of the leading causes of of deaths, and blood uh, clots can appear in veins for. Huge number uh, of regions. Uh, they're typically associated with um, uh, surgery, like post uh, post surgery. It's it's fairly common to have them. Uh, certain medications can increase your likelihood of them. Uh, if you are have limited mobility uh, for whatever reason, if you have uh, if you're under prolonged uh, bed rest, uh, if you're recovering from an injury, uh, even if you're on an airplane for a long period of time, uh, that can lead to uh, a blood clot. And the the risk of developing one of these skyrocket uh, if you are obese, uh, if you. Smoke, or if you are uh, a little bit older, and these are a major, major problem.
0: Yeah, and you know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's it's one thing I think as 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 we get older. I mean, I think this is something that certainly comes into play for for more of us as we get older. And and you mentioned flying. Um, I, I know that travel can become a a bit of a chore for folks with with. Um, Venous thrombosis issues, VTE issues. Um, in, 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 you know, I mean, that that you can't be sitting around for extended periods of time. It is, it's. You gotta be, you gotta be up and moving. And, and so, uh, you know, every everybody I have ever spoken with with issues like this. I mean, it, it sounds like most. Um, are being prescribed some type of med- medicine, some type of drug that is helping to, to thin the blood. But this is not a drug company. This is a device company, isn't it?
1: Yes, correct. Uh, so uh, Anari is focused on, uh, has FDA clearance for uh, to treat two types of uh, VTEs. Uh, the first is called uh, deep vein thrombosis, or just DVT. And that's when a blood clot is formed in the extremities of the body. Uh, the most common area for them to be formed is in the leg. Um, and sometimes those blood clots can detach and travel. And one of the places that they travel to is the heart and the lungs. And that is called no. a pulmonary embolism or a PE. Uh, so Inari makes products that go into the veins and physically remove these blood clots from the body. Now, you mentioned before, that a lot of people with PE or DVT are typically treated with um, blood thinners. Uh, Those are called anticoagulants. That's a very popular and common way to treat them. And it it does exactly what it says. It thins the blood. So, it makes it so even if there is a clog in there, the blood still has an easier time of getting around. Uh, But there's downsides to being on uh, anticoagulants. Uh, First off, you're on them for the rest of your life. It's not something yeah. you take once. It's it's once you're once you're prescribed them, you are on them for the rest of your life. Uh, that can be uh, expensive. Uh, number two, when you have blood that is thinned, that creates a bleeding risk. Uh, what that means is if you get a cut or a scrape or you are bleeding for some reason, your blood has a much harder time stopping to bleeding. Uh, and that can lead to serious medical complications, especially if you're going in for surgery or something uh, like uh, along those lines. Uh, so anticoagulants are a... A low risk treatment, uh, but Inari was founded to basically say, "To heck with the anticoagulants. How about we take the actual blood clot and get it out of the body?"
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I think that is a you know that's certainly an attractive option for many. I, I can imagine. I mean, as it, particularly if you you know you get caught with something like this earlier in life. I mean, the the idea of, of having to to take you know, medication for for decades, uh, you know, that that not I don't think a lot of people want to do that, and it's obviously not um, inexpensive to do. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I, I guess one one question I, I have in regard to Inari is this: one device that they make, or do they do they have technology that is that is spanning the the sort of Catalog of treatments, or do they have number of devices that, that can that can address certain conditions? Yep.
1: So they have two devices that are on the market. One is called the Flow Trever, and the other is called the Clot Trever. Uh, both of them remove blood clots uh, in the veins. And it's also p- worth pointing out that uh, it's not like the idea of taking a blood clot out of the body. Is new. Uh, In fact, Inari points out uh, that since the year 2000, the FDA has cleared 170 devices for taking blood clots uh, out of the body. Uh, So you would think, what is the potential here, right? How can (laughs) Inari be any different? Uh, Well, they point out that while there are 170 devices uh, that have been cleared, all of them are actually designed for the arterial system. So they're designed to take blood clots out of arteries. Uh, Anari is the only one that is purely focused on veins. And what's the difference between the two? Uh, As a reminder, arteries carry oxygen-rich blood away from the heart, and veins carry low oxygen blood back to the heart and back to the lungs for reoxygenization. So all the devices that exist already were basically designed to clear clogs in arteries and were repurposed for using in veins. It sounds like they'd be the same thing, but Anari points out that uh, veins and arteries are different. Veins are low flow, low pressure. Arteries, because they're after the heart, are high flow and high pressure. And arteries also get smaller and smaller and smaller as they go through your body. You're going from a big, yep. a big tube back down to the cell level to get the blood. Veins, exact opposite. It's going from smaller and smaller to a larger uh, and larger. Uh, so because Inari is hyper focused on just the veins, they have purpose built these products for just vein surgery. It's allowed them to stand out in what appears to be a crowded marketplace.
0: Okay, so given the medical descriptions there and understanding what the product does, how it differentiates itself from other competitors on the market, because I mean, I mean that is really that is really something worth noting. I mean, with with you know a market filled with devices that address a certain condition, it, it does seem like with Anari taking a different tact here. I mean that makes sense. I mean, if you get FDA approval with something like that, that's got to be more encouraging there. So, so ultimately, I mean, we're investors, of course, Brian. What's the business model with this company? I mean, is this something where they're selling these devices to the physicians themselves? Uh, exactly. How, to, how does the how does the money flow through this business?
1: Yeah, sure. So, Anari uh, is going after uh, hospitals, and they're specifically targeting uh, interventional cardiologists, uh, intervention interventional radiologists, and uh, vascular surgeons. And just for a sense of scale, these these the, this this company uh, just a- achieved FDA approval for these products in 2018, and they're in the scaling up phase. Uh, so they have 72 uh, reps that are on the market. Uh, so the devices that they sell, again called the um, uh, the the, the, the clot uh they, and the uh, the flow retriever, uh, they are sold directly to the hospitals, and they are used uh, during uh, during the surgery. And Anari says that um, there's a couple of benefits to its model. Um, first off. Its products have been designed to minimize, minimize blood loss. Uh, there's, also, there's also no upfront capital cost for the, for the hospital. So, for example, when we talk about companies like Intuitive Surgical, that requires a yep. massive million dollar investment upfront. Uh, and in Inari's case, it's just the devices themselves, which are disposable, uh, which with, with each, uh, it's each patient. And Inari has the clinical data to basically say you use our device when compared to others, uh, and you reduce the amount of time that you stay in the hospital, you minimize the amount of blood. Loss, you safely and effectively remove the blood clot. And then after we're done, that patient is going to be anticoagulant drug free for the rest of their life. So those are some serious clinical benefits that they're promising.
0: Absolutely. Now, I mean, one thing I I wanted to make sure I understood correctly is this a device that is you know, ultimately inserted into the patient and the patient lives with for the rest of their life? Or is it something that comes out at some point? Did you, did you know?
1: Yes. Good question. So the device actually goes into the vein. It literally grabs onto the, uh, the, the clot and it pulls it out of the body. So it's just used during the surgical procedure after the blood clot is removed. Uh, they don't have anything in them ever again. It is only used during the surgical procedure and they have lots of completely gross photos on their website where you can go and check out blood clots that have been removed from actual uh, patients' bodies to show that the technology uh, is, is, is the real deal. But uh, the exciting thing here, Jason, is even though this company just got FDA approval in 2018, I mean, we're not even talking about two years, the numbers that they're throwing up already are extremely exciting. I mean, extremely exciting. You would expect that this company would be a cash-burning machine, Uh, uh, just an absolute (laughs) furnace of that. Not true. (laughs) This company was (laughs) actually profitable last year, which is just unbelievable. It is so rare to see companies that basically a year after FDA approval are already profitable. So let me just review a couple of their numbers, um, see if any of these capture your attention. So this is for last year, 2019. Revenue was up 650% to $51 million. Again, first year uh, after on the market, 650% to $51 million. Gross margin, 88%. You sure this isn't a
0: tech company? Already.
1: <laughs> uh, gross margin, 88%. Uh, I, I, I take that back. Excuse me the company did lose a million dollars of net income uh, last year. However, uh, in the first quarter of 2020, uh, their revenue growth slowed all the way down to 290%. uh, So they only produced Uh, 27 million in in revenue. But in the first quarter, quarter, (laughs) they they produced $4 million of of net income. So they recently uh, became profitable. So when I see super fast revenue growth and super high margins, boy, does that get me excited.
0: Yeah, I can understand that. And, you know, back to the point you were making about the way this device works. And I think that's important for people to know because, you know, a lot of times we talk about healthcare companies and device companies in particular. Um, you, You look at some companies, and I'll use Massimo as an example here of a company that. Um, I mean, it, it produces, you know, devices and, and also the equipment that ultimately renders those devices usable. And so they have that sort of razor and blade model where that, that consumable, where they always have to be, uh, you know, hospitals and physicians have to be uh, replenishing those consumables. I mean, that is a nice sort of recurring revenue model. And it does sound like uh, with Inari here that because that's a device that's essentially used, it's once and done. You know, when you start looking at some of these numbers here, uh, in your notes regarding the market opportunity there. I mean, it, 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 you know, 1 million people in the U.S. have VTE each year. You know, you're looking at 200, you have almost 300,000 deaths just from VTE each year. And, and so, you see clearly, there's a massive market for this product. And if it's a product where you know that it's going to be somewhat of a recurring revenue stream and that this is a device that's going to need to be continually used, I mean, as investors, that's another attractive quality, I'd say.
1: Yeah. Uh, completely. So uh, to your point, so 1 million people in the U.S. have VTE uh, each year, resulting in 300,000 deaths. So this is the third most common uh, cause of vascular disease uh, after heart attack uh, and stroke. The management team estimates that in the U.S., uh, its current addressable market opportunity is about 442,000 patients. So about a little less than half of the people that have uh, VTE, and their total addressable market opportunity that they estimate is about 36 Billion dollars. That is just again uh, in the US. They obviously also see potential for this technology p- to be used uh, in international markets. So, again, compared to 51 million dollars in revenue uh, last year and probably somewhere about 120 or so million in revenue this year, long way to go.
0: Yeah, that really does speak to the market opportunity there. I mean, we look for those large and growing market opportunities, and you know, large is obviously a subjective term to a degree. But, I mean, when it, with a company that is really just getting getting its feet on the ground like Inari here, I mean, you can see there's plenty of, of, of share to capture there. Now, you mentioned management, and I, and I want to talk a little bit about management because I think CEO Bill Hoffman, I mean, there's an interesting history there you noted that he sold a company to Medtronic. And so, initially, when I see a company like Inari, I mean, there's clearly a lot of potential, very small company. Sometimes I look at these companies and it's a little surprising that they even get public because you figure maybe there would be an acquisition at some point or another. But it does strike me as the type of company that one of these bigger Uh, medical device companies, like a Medtronic, for example, would ultimately look at one day and say, you know what, that might be a nice little additional avenue for growth there. And and they just continue to snap up those little device makers as they can. But talk a little bit about management, about Bill Hoffman and what you found out there.
1: Yeah, to to your point, so he's been, uh, uh, the the entire management team is littered with industry uh, veterans. We're just going to talk about the CEO, Bill Hoffman. So uh, prior to joining Anari, so he is not the founder, um, but Mm -hmm. uh, he did successfully sell a company to Medtronic. Tronic and uh, CEO Bill Hoffman owns about three and a half percent of the company, so that's a, a sizable amount of ownership position for somebody who is not the founder. And insiders, as a group, which includes the board of directors and the other members of the management team, own about two thirds of the company. So we are wow. investing alongside people that are invested in, in making this company into a success. And uh, this is again, this is a brand new IPO as you'll probably guess, given all the things we've been saying about it, trades at a bit of a premium valuation. So, the market cap here is about $2 billion. Again, revenue last year was about $50, 50 million, but it's growing very quickly. So, a very, very high price-to-sales uh, ratio, but I understand why.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see why. Um, and, and another thing that comes with a, a recent IPO, particularly with these smaller companies, and in one where there is a significant insider ownership, um, you look at the float—the total shares outstanding versus the shares that are floating on the open market. Right, that float uh, looks to be a relatively low number today. Now, that's that's pretty normal for most IPOs. I mean, as time goes on, that float starts coming back up. But my point there, just being that it can result. In some volatility in in the share price, just if, if maybe the stock in in its early days isn't quite as liquid as um you know as maybe some more mature companies. So certainly something worth keeping in mind. But you know speaking to the to the market cap there and the valuation of the company, because I mean I would say that's probably one of the bigger risks with a company like this, at least in the near term. Um, what about the competitive landscape for Inari? I mean. I understand they're doing something a little bit different versus you know the the way other companies approach this problem are there are there companies out there trying to Mimic what they're doing, or, or is this what you know? What does that competitive landscape look like?
1: Yeah, that's something that I want to get to understand uh, a lot better uh, about this company. But because uh, they in their, in their S1, they listed a couple of companies you may have heard of as competitors, such as Roche, <laughs> Boston Scientific, uh, Penumbra, uh, Penumbra, excuse me, uh, Teleflex, uh, Angiodynamics. Uh, as we said before, 170 devices have been cleared uh, for, for this. Uh, for this for arteries that have been you know used uh, again in veins so far uh, uh, what we've seen suggests that that has that's not a problem uh, when we see explosive uh, upside uh, revenue growth in the company that Always tells me that the company is doing something special because I know yeah. firsthand just how hard it can be to convince healthcare providers to try something different. So they clearly see this technology as differentiated uh, and really and useful. Otherwise, the company's revenue would not be growing uh, nearly this quickly. Uh, so that's absolutely a risk that investors need to be aware of. That those competitors will will develop competing products that will, uh, or, or that the company may struggle to grow past the initial core group. Of users, that's 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 always a risk to keep in mind. Uh, but so far, uh, given 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 the story here and given the growth we've seen so far, uh, I'm inclined to say they're to something.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that in regard to revenue growth because you know we we get a lot of questions from investors. All the time about metrics that we follow in regard to companies, and you know what are the metrics that matter in regard to you know this company versus that company, and certainly some industries are, are different than others, and, and there are there are metrics that uh, can give you some 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 insight that that others won't. But but really, you know. Looking at just good old fashioned revenue growth can tell you a whole heck of a lot, can't it? I mean, it is just it is it is one sure indicator that they're on to something, like you said. Yeah,
1: exactly. That, that that's what I always say. I mean, I always, when I'm when I'm looking at medical companies in particular, uh, they can dazzle you with science and clinical studies, but the question <laughs> that always comes down to is, great, what does the market think of it? What do yeah. actual insurance companies and doctors and patients uh, think of it? And you can tell that by just looking at revenue. So, what we've seen so far clearly tells tells me that uh, Anari is, is developed something that the market appreciates.
0: Well, it does sound like you're interested. In, and I guess the ultimate question for listeners, they're going to want to know your perspective on this stock. If it's something where you feel like, Investors ought to be keeping an eye on this one, or, or whether this is something that maybe uh, they should should just kind of throw into the too-difficult-to-understand pile. Where, where are you following the stock here today? I'm not asking to make a commitment, right? But, but, I mean, is this is this a stock that you think is, is worth keeping on the radar, or is this one that uh, you think maybe you want to – Push to the side for now and, and give it a little bit more of a chance to try to prove itself.
1: This is firmly on my radar. Uh, I yep. am not a shareholder uh, yet. I could easily see myself becoming a shareholder in the not too distant future. Going in full well to expect extreme volatility on both <laughs> yeah. the upside and the downside because shares are currently again trading at two point I'll check, uh, checking live about two point three billion dollar valuation on fifty million dollars in revenue last year. Boy, is that a a, a spicy price-to-sales ratio. So, I would approach this the way I do any uh, new high-growth company. Uh, I would buy a little bit in the beginning and then give the company time to settle into its life as a public company. We don't know. Are they going to exceed Wall Street's expectation? Is the culture here uh, a beat and raise type? Uh, Is the management team committed for the long-term? We haven't had a single conference call. There isn't even any glass door ratings on this company, Jason. Uh, This is a newbie. It's a Complete newbie for us, so. Uh, but that doesn't mean. It, 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 I think this does belong. Um, this this could have a place in the speculative portion of your portfolio for sure. And this is one that I look forward to following uh, for a long time to come.
0: Yeah, and you know what I tell if nothing else, Brian, it does sound like you may want to you know, take take just some time here in the next week or two, put together a pitch for the Rule Breakers team, because this sounds like something they might be interested in over in David Gardner's Rule Breakers service, I think, don't you? Sure,
1: and if only it had an uh, AR or VR angle to it, right, Jason? <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, man, that would just be the best of both worlds. Oh, man, well, Brian, listen, I really appreciate you taking the time out today to jump into this company, Inari Medical, and in, 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 uh, telling our listeners more about what they're doing and why it's a stock that should be on their radar are excellent, excellent rundown, excellent information. And as always, really appreciate you taking the time. Hey, you know, I love nothing more than shining a light on awesome companies that I think people should get to know. Yes, sir. And that's going to do it for us this week, folks. Remember, you can always reach out to us on Twitter at MFIndustryFocus, or you can drop us an email at industryfocus@fool.com. And yeah, hey, if you see some new companies out there IPOing, something you think we need to be looking at, make sure to let us know, because we always love digging into new companies. But as always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Thanks, as always, to our man, Austin Morgan, behind the glass, the Zoom glass, for putting all of the pieces together for us. For Brian Feraldi, I'm Jason Moser. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.